Wow, it's so great to see everybody here today. Hey, it's December 27th now. All right, I need everybody's help. Honestly, give me a thumbs up if you're still totally killing it this holiday season, huh? Thumbs up, anybody? Thumbs down if you feel like I do after you've had like a long run and you just crossed the finish line and you're about dead. You're just kind of grasping for air right now. Okay, everybody else kind of give me one of those in between. Like, where are you on the spectrum? Okay, just kind of like right there. Okay, well, here's the good news. Here's the good news. You are here this morning, and so you are the blessed ones. You are the blessed ones because you're here this morning. I believe that God has something for you this morning. He has a word for you this morning. I believe God has a word for everybody that's willing to listen. Well, in this season, it's kind of hard to kind of listen, right? This, this season of noise. There's a lot of stuff going on with our after Christmas sales and our before Christmas sales and our after Thanksgiving sales and our families coming in from out of town and and crazy dinners and preparing presents and, you know, name it. It's kind of hard to hear and hard to listen with everything that's going on. I'm just thankful that we had our Christmas Eve services the other night. Just allowed me to reflect. Raise the hands. Who here was here for that Christmas Eve service the other night? Awesome. Awesome. I was just totally, completely blessed about that. Well, let me tell you, uh, this year uh, was like most for our family. Uh, We spent a lot of time trying to think about what to get dad for Christmas. Um, Kind of one of those hard guys to get for. Um, We had eight different families from five different states with eight different vacation schedules that were trying to coordinate around one meal over Christmas. That was kind of difficult. Um, uh, we've, we just moved into a new house a few months ago, um, uh, which is a complete blessing. We've got this sweet, sweet family that lives across the street from us, but little did we know that they light up their house like Callaway gardens on Christmas. And, uh, and when my daughter sees the, like the pathetic lights that I put on our house, like every night she was like, dad, our house is boring and I just can't compete with the neighbors across the street. Um, and it's just one of those seasons that like you get this whole new set of toys with all new bells and whistles and catchphrases now. And uh, that's just going on loop in our house. And here's the deal. I wouldn't trade any of that for anything. I love it. And I don't know if you guys love that Christmas season. You just love getting caught up in it. But with all the craziness going on, it becomes so very easy to potentially miss what God wants to tell us and communicate us in this holiday season. It seems as if this December, everybody remembers Christmas, but nobody remembers January. <clears throat> the night before Christmas, it's all the pub, right? We, we anticipate Santa coming. You know, we put out milk and cookies. You know, my daughter had reindeer food that the church made with them. That was kind of awesome. Um, we made sure we put out reindeer food uh, the night before Christmas. There's so much anticipation around Christmas. Every, every, all this excitement is built up for Christmas. But nobody remembers the day after Christmas, right? That, that doesn't get the poem uh, that, that's all mainstream the day after Christmas. So I feel like if I was the day after Christmas, I'd be feeling like I'd be getting the short end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? So I decided to make a poem for it, okay? So here it goes. You guys humor me. I'm going to read this poem to you. It's called 
Twas the day after Christmas. Twas the day after Christmas when all through the place there were arguments and depressions. Even mom had a long face. The stockings hung empty and the house was a mess. The new clothes didn't fit and even dad's under stress. The family was irritable and the children no one could please because the instructions for the swing set were written in Chinese. The bells no longer jingle, no carolers came around, the sink was stacked with dishes, and the tree had turned brown. The return lines were long with presents that were a fail, and the shoppers were discouraged because everything they bought was on half-price sale. T'was the day after Christmas, the spirit of joy long disappeared, the only hope in the horizon were some 30 bowl games in the new year. Am I right? Hey, it just seems like that's the case following Christmas. We got a lot of this buildup, and then right after Christmas, a lot of letdown. But why is that? Why is that? I think, I think for a lot of reasons, uh, this is the season for peace on earth, and it gets kind of like built up, ballooned up. So we got this season of peace on earth, right? This is my Christmas season, okay? And uh, a season of peace on earth, goodwill towards men. It's a season of joy to the world. It's the season of little drummer boys and good tidings of great joy. It's the season of giving gifts. Lots, <laughs> lots of gifts. You would think that our investment into Christmas would propel us into the new year, Right? This investment in the joy for all people, this investment of good tidings, a great joy, this, this, this goodwill towards men, this would propel us into January. That way, the January is by far the best month of the year, right? But somehow, right after Christmas, the day after, the season kind of does a one of those. Gone. Deflates. It kind of dies out. Why is that? Why do you think that happens? If this is, a, this is a joy that we're seeking in December, is that really joy if it's gone so quick? I wonder if joy looks like that or if it looks like something else. All too often I believe that the joy that we're seeking is not really joy after all. You see, the concept of joy is a really lofty concept, am I right? It's like on this summit, this precipice up there, and to achieve like the ultimate standard of joy in life, man, that's just kind of like idealistic. Who gets there, right? And so what we do is we settle for like a form of happiness in life. And this form of happiness is found in so many different ways. Maybe it's like a, a job title. Maybe it's uh, maybe having a, a baby for the first time. Maybe this, this joy is a new car or, or something of the like. There's this sense of happiness that we kind of pursue in life. And, and we pursue this sense of happiness. But here's the thing that's really difficult. It's really shifty, right? It's fleeting. Once you get to that level, man, I'm, I've got to the level of happiness. And you get there and all of a sudden it shifts on you. And you're like, whoa. Okay, this must not be what it's about. It must be over this way. And so you pursue this next level of happiness. And then it's like, whoa, that's higher than I thought. So, so you're scaling, chasing this pursuit of happiness. There's even a movie called The Pursuit of Happiness. Will Smith was in it. 
don't know if you remember that. And uh, man, it was just bettering his economic standard. He had a kid, man, it was a depressed kind of situation. And he's like, man, if I could be a stockbroker, I could provide some stability for my family. That's my pursuit of happiness. But if that's the pursuit of happiness, if that's the American dream, then how can Mother Teresa say there is no joy greater than the joy of giving? It's not about getting. It seems kind of opposite, doesn't it? The pursuit of our pleasures, they kind of gratify in the moment. And really a lot of us, you know, if we're honest of ourselves, we're not chasing like this American dream, this pursuit of happiness. Really, we're just kind of living day by day, just gratifying our like instantaneous pleasures. You know what I'm saying? If that's the reason why I've gained like 15 pounds in the holiday season is because like I know not to eat four cookies, Okay. Uh, I know not to eat 10 cookies. So like, instead of like saying, I will not eat those, I just say, I want those right now. And so I eat them. And then about an hour later, I feel really guilty about it. It's just because it's gone like that. What you think you want in the moment is just gone. And so this holiday season, all the buildup, all the toys, everything that Christmas morning offers, all the joy that it offers by the next day, it's gone. And all you're left with are depleted bank accounts and monthly payments. It just doesn't work like that. And so here's what I want to propose. I don't, I don't want us to propose that this is like an innocence, this pursuing of our fleeting passions and desires, okay? I, I want to propose this. The driving force of all sin in the world is the pursuit of personal happiness. I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about sin in the world. Uh, consider the thief, somebody that, that goes and steals, maybe uh, robs your house or takes your car or whatever it is. You're like, man, that's bad, right? I'm trying to think of a good example. What is the motivation for them as to why they would do that? It's because they believe that if I take a material item from you or from somebody, that that will give me some sort of pleasure, some sort of happiness personally in my life, if I do that, okay? Consider the sexually immoral, right? It's that fleeting passion, that fleeting desire in a lot of ways, like it's just instantaneous. It just gratifies for the moment. And then the next day you're like, oh man, I really regret that decision. It's pursuing your personal happiness. And then a lot of times our world says, man, it's just really good to climb the corporate ladder, right? The ladder of success. And, and in some ways that can be a good thing. But in other ways, man, when you are scratching and clawing and taking and using people for your personal gain, you're saying, I'm going to stiff arm you so I can get higher to achieve some sort of sense of personal happiness. Man, I want to tell you this. Love never takes from people. Love always builds people. That's how it works. That's how it works. The pursuit of personal happiness, man, it never really satisfies. And God's will for us is to see past that sense of happiness and to embrace a pursuit of the higher. It's to embrace the pursuit of joy. Remember that lofty, idealistic joy that we think we can't attain? God's will for us is to go after that. 
Joy is something that can only be received from God. Ecclesiastes 2.26 says, For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the busyness of gathering and collecting, only to give to the one who pleases God. This is all vanity and striving after the wind. God wants to give us what our busyness seeks. Joy is available to us. It's possible. Let me tell you one of the things that I love about God. This is what I love, love, love about who God is. Man, he knows who he is. God is not wondering, who am I? He's not having those like conundrums in life. He knows who he is. And even more than that, he knows who we are. And God says, if, you want to per, if, you, if I want to give you blessings in life, just consider this. If God wants to give you blessings, if you want to receive blessings of God in life, what form do blessings come in? Is it always financial? Is it always a new house? Is it always a new car? Hashtag blessed, right? That's what our world says. If God wants us to give us his greatest joy, all good things come from where? God. All good things come from God. God is the orchestrator of all good things. If he says, I want to really bless you, if you want your life to be really blessed, I'm going to give you more of myself because I'm the greatest expression of joy that there is. When you really know me, you will really know joy. Not some happiness not some personal desire, you'll know joy. That's the best thing God can give us. And he knows it because he knows himself. He knows he's the greatest. And he knows if he really wants to give us something good, he'll give us more of himself. That's why we need to fight for our ultimate joy. We need to fight for it. The psalmist says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. This is his heart cry to God. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me in that. He's fighting for joy in God. Remember that joy up there on the summit? You know the path to get there? It's through a relationship with a loving God. And God is saying, it's here. I want to give it to you. You can have it. You can have it. It's simple, but yet it requires everything from us. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Here's the problem that I see, okay? This is the problem. We have a misplaced love. We love the wrong things. We love the lesser things. You see, in life, we see conflict, strife, and contention. And that's just part of our world, right? If you had family over this holiday season, you've seen that, right? Conflict, contention, strife, you know, people bantering back and forth, not getting their way. You see, here's the thing. We love our gain, We love our stuff more than we love God or others. 
Misplaced affection is the root problem behind all conflict. What do you love the most? What do you love the most? The reason I believe we don't see as many people living sold out, faithful lives to the Lord is because deep down they believe that these personal joys, these personal items of satisfaction, these personal pleasures, there's something down there that's greater than the joy that's offered by God. It's misplaced affection. And so remember what I said. I said, I said sin comes from misplaced affection, right? Um, as for the pursuit of personal happiness. So sin is not merely wrongdoing, it's wrong adoring. We love the wrong things. 2 Timothy 2 through 5 talks about an age that is to come. And it says, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, and from such people, turn away. Man, is that our world or what? Man, we love ourselves. But there's hope. And here's the hope. Isaiah 51.11 says this. Those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. What a promise by God. What a promise. God offers us the type of joy that is what? Everlasting. This is not the type of joy that comes on Christmas Eve. This is the type of joy that comes. It's like Christmas Eve on the 27th. It's like Christmas Eve in January, and it keeps going and going forever. It's this joy that God offers that never gives up because God is God. God is perfect. He gives us perfect joy that doesn't fade away. And he says that this joy will overtake you. Have you ever been overtaken by anything? Like just overwhelmed? Isn't that what we really want in life? Is to be overtaken by the joy of the Lord? I hope so. Because I do. You know, according to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the chief end of man... You know, the purpose why we exist is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Our purpose in life is to ruthlessly seek out our greatest joy. It's to ruthlessly seek it out. Our greatest joys. That's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to settle. He loves us too much not to let us Settle. 
And it's craziness to the world. It's trading the good for the best. And let me, I want to explain a little bit something else about love to you. It is so closely related to love. Joy and love are so closely related. You almost can't have one without the other. When you love somebody, you're filled with joy. When you're filled with joy, you're full of love, right? They go hand in hand. They're like brothers, right? The cousins, whatever, of, of attributes of who God is. God, God says, I am love. All love comes from me. And here's what love is. It's always self-sacrificial. It's always sacrificial. I believe that love is the overflow of joy in God. When you have joy in God, the byproduct, the overflow of that is love towards one another. Our greatest example of this in all of history is in the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus. In his great love for us and love for the Father, Jesus endured the cross. This great expression of ultimate sacrificial love for the joy set before him. Even Jesus pursued his greatest joy. Now, here's the thing. If, if I'm being humiliated on a cross, all this lies and slander come in my way. I would be very tempted to call down a legion of angels and rectify my cause. You know what I'm saying? I'd be done with that humiliation. I'd say, I'm going to tell you that I'm the son of God. And I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to rectify myself right now. But instead, God chose to put off what was, could be good for what was the best. God ruthlessly pursued his greatest joy. In Hebrews 12, 2, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for eternity. So now it's December 27th. Christmas is over. So what's the plan? What's the plan for you and your family? I've got a few suggestions. Number one, trash the tree Keep the lights up. Guys, we are believers in Christ. And as the holiday seasons come and go, our joy shouldn't fade. Our joy is rooted in an everlasting God. John 1, 9 says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You and I are light bearers. Our light doesn't fade. It doesn't dim. So as the holiday seasons go, trash the tree, keep the lights up in your life. I pray that your light in Christ will continue all year. Number two, don't keep your gift in a box, right? Nobody keeps good gifts in boxes. And, and I know there's some teenagers around here that have gotten their you know, brand new iPhone 6S plus watch, I, whatever it is, they've got it. And before the wrapping hit the floor, it was already charged and synced to their accounts. You know, good gifts don't stay in the box. Bad gifts stay in a box. All right. Bad gifts get put in the return line section over there. 
let me ask you this. Have you received the gift of joy in Christ? To the extent where you're like, this is a good gift. And I'm going to tell you what, I've got Facebook. I've seen on Facebook when people get good gifts, they flaunt it. Everybody sees their good gifts. They want to show it out. They want everybody to experience that joy with them, right? If you get a good, if you believe that Jesus is good and his gift of salvation is good in you, everybody that you know should know. Everybody should know that gift in you. I'm going to step on some toes here. If they don't know, then you don't believe that gift is really good. Check your heart. Allow God to do a work in you this morning. A last suggestion for this new year is that regifting this year is encouraged. True joy is one of those gifts that's kind of like a cast iron skillet, you know, a well seasoned cast iron skillet. It only gets better when you use it, it gets better and better the more you use it. Love and joy are like the only attributes I can think of that the more you give away, the more you receive in return. You know, like you can't outgive love, you can't outgive joy. Because you just get filled back up. So re-gift freely this year this joy that Christ has given to you. It's contagious. People want to be around people that have joy. Because not many people have true joy. They're kind of messing around with the stuff of the world. Give it away this year. You know, in a world that's stumbling around trying to find happiness that they'll never find. I wonder if you this morning will be the joy givers, the joy bearers for 2016 with me. And the greatest joy, the greatest gift that we could ever give away is the message of Jesus. Sinful man and God came so that we can be reconciled back to him for eternity. So here's what I want to do. If you want to be joy bearers with me this next season, I want to give you a little ammunition. This, uh, this past week, Cameron Bowman, our next-gen pastor, and I, we, we got in the car and we went to area businesses and we had our Christmas Eve invite cards and we were just inviting people to come hear the message of Jesus. And as we went around, you know what, like, it just stunned me how many people were just so thankful that we would even take the time to invite them. And so you sometimes will see some invite cards on your seats. You might see some out in, in the lobby at the, at the greet, uh, greeting desk. I, I encourage you to pick up an invite card to church. And, uh, and this year, what, what I've done is I've got a few of these little you know, card holders for the back of your phone. I'm just going to give you some of those. It's kind of like a gift. While supplies last, we'll have those available as you leave service. Um, just pick one of those up. My, my resolution for 2016 is like fill it with two cards and by the end of the week, hopefully like invite a couple people to church every week. Would you be joy bearers with me in 2016? We need to fight for it. 
You know, for most of us, we need to set a resolution to really seek God in a way that transforms our whole life. Because if you're like me, man, we just get caught up in the rut of just pursuing what pleases us next. We trade that for a joy that lasts. And I believe there's many here um, that have never experienced the joy of Christ and salvation. You've never had that. You don't even know what that looks like. And if you want to know, I want to invite you today to not leave here without knowing the joy that we've found, the joy in Jesus. It's only possible through him. So we go to the Lord in prayer this morning. I'm reminded by a quote by John Newton. He says, although my memory is fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner and Christ is a great savior. Let's pray.